0: And you can find that link in the show notes. Hello, dear ones. I'm really excited about today's episode. We're talking about authenticity and becoming our most authentic self. The most authentic version of ourselves. We hear this a lot. What does it mean? What is the most authentic version of myself? I think it's an easy thing to talk about and think about, but... I think sometimes it's hard to like really know what it means or are we really feeling it? Am I really being authentic? I think that the human need to fit in is more powerful than we realize. And if there's something about ourselves we perceive will negatively impact our ability to fit in, we will, even on the subtlest levels, quiet that part of ourselves. And very often it's not subtle. It's we, we absolutely quiet that part of ourselves. And in this new age, in this new time that we're ushering in, that is no longer the way. That is no longer, that is no, just, it's just no longer. We're really here to share all parts of ourselves. And the greatest part of the discovery on our journey is uncovering layer by layer, flower petal by flower petal, just who we are at our most authentic self. And I have a really soulful conversation with an absolutely fantastic guest today, Scott Gazzoli, about being the most authentic version of yourself. I was lucky enough to be on Scott's amazing podcast, Causing the Effect, which I believe is in the top 1% of podcasts listened to globally. And he and I were able to bond on his, his show. And now we bonded again on my show. And he has got a way to connect deep with you. He's got a great way to share things about his own experiences and to really enable you to connect deeply to this content. And I'm really, really excited to share with you our conversation. And before I do. You know, I love to share listener reviews, and you know that they make my heart sing. And I did get a great listener review from Dr. Hawazen Al Fassi from Bahrain. We have a real global audience here at Soul Guide Radio. That means the world to me. and I love to be reaching people from all over the place. And this is what she had to say. This podcast is amazingly close to the heart, shows integrity, honesty, and is practical in delivering valuable information. Every episode is presented in a relaxed way, and the insights are phenomenal. Thank you. I am grateful to be exposed to such a channel. Thank you so much, Dr. Hua Zen, for that amazing review. I really appreciate it. And dear listener, if you are feeling called to share what this show means to you, what you've received from it, I would love to know. And there are links in the show notes for you to find places to leave a review, and I will read your review on the air with so much love. All right, back to authenticity, authenticity, if I can say that word correctly. In today's episode, we explore what authenticity really means and how we can tap into our true desires and what to do when we get a bit off track, which is always part of the journey. We end on an invitation that will have you on a higher path to becoming your most authentic self So you really are going to want to stay with us until the end. Welcome to Soul Guide Radio, a podcast for soul-guided leaders, influencers, and entrepreneurs here to bring about change on a massive level. We'll explore how you can activate your big soul mission, amplify your spiritual gifts, and clear the energy blocks weighing you down so you can gain unstoppable momentum in life and business. I'm Allison Scammel, your host and soul guide. Hey there, Soul Guide Circle. That is the name of this community of soul-guided leaders, influencers and entrepreneurs. In the Soul Guide Circle, we have big soul missions. And we yearn to earn more, serve more and grow spiritually along the way. If you aren't already a member, then I invite you from my heart to join our Facebook group of over 1,800 leaders and light workers who are in service to each other and the planet. Find a link to join on my website, AllsonScamel.com, or in the show notes. I had the absolute pleasure today to chat with Scott Gazzoli about authenticity. And I really learned so much from his unique perspective. And he's had some really amazing experiences. And in fact, a particular amazing experience that was just on the global news that he was directly part of. And he shares how that led to a sort of or really how that was part of a spiritual awakening for him. Our guest today, Scott Gazzoli, is the creator of the podcast, Causing the Effect. The goal of the podcast is to transform individuals' mindsets by raising awareness and consciousness through a balance of the mind, body, and spirit. In his 20s, Scott was lucky enough to work as a certified public accountant in the hedge fund space, but always knew, deep down, this was not his purpose. Scott moved from the financial service industry to entertainment to become the CFO of Jay-Z's streaming platform, Title. Currently, Scott runs an advisory firm in Manhattan catering to the needs of high net worth families and celebrities. I really had such a fun time connecting with Scott on this topic. Please enjoy. Welcome, Scott, to Soul Guide Radio.
1: What's up, Allison? Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat. So. Oh
0: my gosh. I was really looking forward to this. I was on your show not too long ago. Yes. The effect.
1: Yes. Episode 175. I think we named it what? Using your intuition. That was it. That was a great episode.
0: It was so fun to connect with you. and We will leave a link to that episode in the show notes so everyone can check out Scott's amazing podcast. And we just had such a blast, and I'm really, really excited to have you on my show to talk about all sorts of crazy things.
1: Let's do it. I'm excited. It's it's nice to, like, truly connect with people, and that's kind of, like, what's been the best part of doing the podcast. Listen, it's nice to change people, but, like, I'll be selfish, and, like, just to connect with you is so cool. So thank you.
0: Oh, my gosh. I feel the same way. I always feel, like, with my guests... It is. I mean, yes. Okay. Why do we do this ultimately? We do it for you, the listener, and we, we love you. And this is why we do it. Otherwise, you know, why we would just be, it would just be Scott and I talking to each other, which, but I think that at the same time, there is this sort of like, if it's for me, it must be for the listener. And I always feel like whenever the timing of these episodes. So you're talking to me today. We're recording this on April 25th. I will. There's something I need from you today, Scott.
1: I'm like, here to give it. I'm to <laughs> So whatever it is, and that's the best part, right? It's why I love podcasting because we're going to talk about authenticity. But like we are here, it's kind of like off the cuff. But at the same point, it's like I feel like I just turn into like m- my most authentic, truest version of myself when I just get in front of the camera. So it's like it's just beautiful.
0: Ah, I love it. So let's talk about authenticity. I think. This is something we hear a lot and we agree. Oh yeah, I need it. We, we agree it feels good. We, we agree that it works in business to be authentic, but it's hard. It's sometimes it's like hard to know like who the authentic me is. And I, I mean, I've been on this spiritual path for a long time. My ability to not give an F has really increased in power. Because I think a lot of it has to do with you know being your authentic self. You know, it's your ability not to really care about the people who don't like it, what they think, right? It's not for them, but it's still, it's still hard. Why? Do you think it's why? Why is it so hard sometimes, or why do we make it hard for ourselves?
1: Yeah, to- and I, I think it's good to to just. I've had a couple of philosophy, the dots of philosophy come on my podcast to talk about. So I'm like in the philosophy realm at this point. So from an existential view, like what is authenticity? Authenticity is the degree to which a person's actions are congruent with his or her values and desires. So in there is the issue. The incongru, at least for me, was the incongruency of my actions with the values and desires. And why do we end up getting mixed up? Because we really will end up living off of, you know, society's norms, other people's norms, not even in a bad way. Like for me, I was living off of what what my mother wanted and I didn't realize it till till a couple of years ago. So those external pressures to social conformity really end up, for me at least, changing kind of, you know, what your values are. So first it's seeing, you know, having a little bit of self-awareness saying, what are your true values? And then do they congruently line up. Now, I don't know if a lot of people are even on this level. I think a lot of people are starting to, to become aware. like, wow, something feels off. I don't know what. And it's usually that issue.
0: Yeah. So values and desire. So can you give us an example of a value? Because I think values is another thing that we understand. Like we want to live by our values and be in alignment to our values. But then it's like, what are my values? I think that's another one that it sounds good. But like when we dig a little deeper, we get thrown off so can you give us an example of a value that you were living by to please someone else and you realized that that just wasn't working for your authenticity? Oh,
1: absolutely. So I would say the typical, everybody, I'm from Brooklyn, New York, um, old school Italian family. The main thing in my family, a couple of things, I can give you a couple of values. It's money and it was stability. So stability in my family, you know, you should have a job that you sit and you work and you'll have a paycheck and you'll you know, just be stable. For me, I thought that was the answer. I got a CPA. I got a CFA. I got all these degrees and it was, it just didn't fit for what I was doing. For me, honestly, I, now the opposite side of stability is instability. You can call it variety. I love that. I love variety. I love kind of being able to make my own money in my business now and not knowing if the podcast is going to end up being monetized and all these different things that for me is exciting some people don't live off that way and i'm not knocking that it's just for me those values were were switched up money obviously i think that's another one money and power the power thing i think that that's i kind of got away with not pushing that too much but money definitely i thought even still it's still part of the 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 work that i do is letting go of that identity of being the guy who makes money puts the suit on and Even on like if you looked at me, I was twenty-seven, from people's perspectives, they said, This guy had the perfect life. I built a house in Brooklyn, I married the Italian girl with a nice family. I did all that stuff. And I said, Oh, I did everything my mother said. This this doesn't feel right. And it felt really wrong. And even being in the hedge fund, what started me on this on the journey was, oh, well, power and 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 you know, I could tell people I'm in I'm in a hedge fund and all this stuff. And I get there and I started getting ulcers, stress ulcers. And that's what got me to to doing mindful meditation and all this kind of stuff that you know, I believe my body was telling me like, you know, it's time to, to kind of change. So the typical values, I think that are really focused on America, at least are that power, money, stability, and then being married, you know, I was in such a rush to to, to get married. You know, obviously you find a nice girl, it was all good. But like deep down, I don't think I was ready. And I think even now, like I'm still, I just don't want to be, you know, married or tied. I want to kind of, I like more freedom and variety and uncertainty compared to yeah. those typical other things. So, you know, some people who, that's the the thing I try to tell people. Like I, you have to figure all this stuff out on your own. So maybe you do want to build. That's great. Go be, a, be an accountant. That that's good. Just for me, it didn't work.
0: Yeah, I love that. Those are such good examples. I think they get to the core of what so many of us struggled with. You know, my version of that story is I had seventeen years and in international affairs and humanitarian response, and the money was stable and it was fine, but it was more about like the sexy titles and the sexy stories. And I would say, I just got back from Darfur. And I started to take that on as like an identity. Like I needed to live this super fascinating international adventure, adrenaline junkie lifestyle. Like, I don't know. I felt like it was like part of my persona that if I didn't have that going, people wouldn't find me interesting.
1: No, exactly. And we all have these different things. And that's the hard part is like, okay, well, Scott, if money's not the answer to both, like, how do you figure it out? And I I, I think what I, what I did was you have to be very careful about your feelings and start even feeling like for me, I wasn't, it was hard for me to feel I'm a doer. And you know, that's, I've been focusing on, there's the two sides, there's the doing and then the being doing was relatively easy for me, you know, get, you know, do work, set some goals, hit some goals, make some money, whatever that may be. But that, that being, that feeling, that feminine energy was such a hard thing for me. So when you start seeing what's going on, like, okay, what, what feeling? Okay, I'm feeling now. What makes you feel the best? What truly makes you feel the best? That's you're removing, you know, not the drinking, not the 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 likes. What is like the most sincere, humble thing that makes you feel good? And for me, like honestly, lately, it's the connection with people. Like having people reach out on Instagram and just be like, Scott, I heard this episode, I heard that. Like, how did you do that? And like that connection, for I didn't even realize how happy it makes me. It's like the the thing that drives me. So for me, and you know, the human needs for people who are you know like where do you start there's a couple different human needs you could have like we're saying certainty that's the stability there's uncertainty there's love there's connection there's growth and there's contribution. That connection for me is the highest, and I could send you some stuff, and the people could take tests on that and just to figure it out. But for me, it was easy. Connection for me, or two of those, and obviously for a variety that we already mentioned. So you could, you know, you could start looking at life that way instead of like what has been pushed down from your parents or from the society you're in. And um, I'm sure everybody has a different thing that's kind of pushed on them. It's just more about getting self aware to see where is where is the the disconnect, and then figuring out your own path.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's beautiful. And I love that you were kind of following those things that made you feel good.
1: Yeah. In, in a natural way. Cause I would say yeah. it, it's, I, I, I chased all the thing, the pleasures in my twenties, the sex, the drugs, the rock and roll, the women, the this, that I did it. I did it to a, to a high level and there's nothing there. It's like trying to, you know, quench unsatiable thirst. And, you know, I was like, what is what for, for me, it's kind of like revealing the truths of, humanity like why we were here what is the point like what are we here for i'm here to help people like that's really mm-hmm. what i truly believe and, and instead of like i wanted to find something that was kind of selfless and that's what the podcast has created for me so it's nice to i feel so grateful that i'm able to like really connect with people that are you know i feel like my style is a little bit different than some other people in our space where it's able to bring in people that would never think about this guy like i have a lot of kids like a kid came up to me in the gym the other day and was like are you scott from causing the effect like i've been listening i was like holy shit like this is so cool like you could really make an impact on people who like wouldn't ever really thought. And that's, but yeah. I've made every mistake in the book. I just don't want people to make them. So just listen to me and I'll try to help you.
0: Yeah, I like that. So it sounds like to me that when you were following the things that felt good to you, there was the, to simplify it a bit, and maybe you, you would use different words. You You went down the path of the ego wants, ego wants, you know, money, drive, booze, sex, drugs. Yeah. Okay. And then you started to tap into your soul's desires and your soul yearnings and you were able, you were starting to through this process of getting understanding that those things that you were wanting on a human level weren't actually filling your soul and you had this awareness you started to get this awareness that it has to be something different I wanted it to be something different and you started to follow your soul's yearnings and your soul was leading you to freedom and connection. And growth and instability in the sense, like I want to be challenged here, and I want to, I want to not necessarily know what tomorrow is going to bring. So, I think, like, did you notice that shift that you were, you were starting to shift your life to be a little bit more soul led? Like, how would you define that? Or am I? Yeah, you're you're
1: you're totally right. Now, it's not as obviously it's not as simple as that. Right? I fucked up a lot through this process. Right. I mean,
0: I'm simplifying. I'm simplifying.
1: Yeah, I started like on the wrong way. I think a lot of people when they even tap into this, right? It's like personal development, self-help is like where you go. Not not to knock that for me again, for my personal life, like I don't need help doing things. Like I'm able to make money. I'm able, like that was fine. But that, that again felt wrong to me. I was like, "Mm, what am I, what am I feeding here? Like I'm just feeding more money or I'm feeding this or that. So shifting, making that shift saying, what is personal development about? Like, again, you're back, it's a wheel of the same nonsense of just of, instead of drinking, you're taking that and hitting, trying to fill it with money or trying to fill it with, with X, Y, Z. So being able to, to see that and shift from, well, what is the right way to, to go here? Like, which way should I start? Like just using my intuition, honestly, and just saying like, what really feels good. And, and what I think the, I don't want to keep shitting on self-help, but it, the one thing Prince of <laughs> the Velvet tries to do is like, you look like you have to add things. I have to add courage. I have to, get macho masculine energy and power and like with spirituality and with this space it's more removing the illusions which for me is so much more of a natural thing so that's really what it's been like for the last couple years like just removing these pieces of like oh well that's that's a little wrong like okay this is this is this may not be the answer but this could be and you have to try and error trial and error trial and error and even you know doing comedy i've been seeing like i love Connecting with people. And there's there's a there's a theme with the things I do, right? Connecting with people and talking. But even comedy I've been unveiling that ego of like, maybe you like it because there's fame involved. Maybe you like it because there's a power transference over people and you know, being that guy. Like even that, I don't know yet, but you're still gonna figure it out because you know, people come up to me, and go, Well, don't you feel like you're wasting time? I go, not at all. I'm building a certain skill set that I think is like, you know, that's the fun part of this journey is like the meaning of life is the meaning you give it. So when I'm chasing this star. It's going to move a little bit as I evolve. So that's the fun part of it. So I don't look at anything like I'm wasting time or anything. It's just like getting me closer to this version of myself that, I, that feels right.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. I love the idea that when you tap into your true authenticity and you start aligning to that through the trial and error, through the, the mistakes or, or, you know, the, the failures, which are, it's just really feedback. Right. And it's really about removal yeah. often. That's it's not about, about adding. It's about unlearning. I, I totally agree with that. And I love what you're saying about you you've moved into stand-up comedy a little bit, dabbling.
1: Yeah, I've been doing it like heavily for so what happened was when I started this journey, I did a heavy kind of trip on psychedelics and I just like my cousins are shamans, so we went, we went deep and the two things that kept popping up was just like, Scott, you have to be in front of people. You have to do something. So it's podcast and comedy. So I've been doing comedy for a year and a half, two years, and with that was my biggest fear. So I was unable to ever get on stage. I had debilitating stage fright, shaking violently. I would run away from these things in life and in high school, at college, in business. And now, you know, you have 150 shows underneath your belt. It's a joke now. So no matter whatever happened, like I've done what I wanted to do because I've tackled my dragon. So instead of running away from your fear, I, I, I've learned a lesson like wherever that fear is, there's usually a lesson. You have to put a little, apply a little pressure to yourself to get over that. And that's cool. And that's great. And that would would be part of that doing side that I think that that's cool. But once I've tackled that, everything in life has been relatively easy because when I feel that uncomfortability, I'm going to go right right at it because I just don't want to feel that that uncomfortability. So that's that's how that whole thing started.
0: So to walk us through that. So you you had this debilitating stage fright and now you don't have stage fright at all or do you still are you still like working through it?
1: It is, I don't really think about it, honestly, because, you know, I gave it so much power. Like the, that's a little trick for, and listen, the personal development stuff definitely helped with that, but it just gets you to a certain place of like tackle your fear. And then you're good. Like after that, for me, it was up till that point of not being able to do it. I decided in February, 2020, I want to do it when I turned 30, that was COVID. So I had to wait six months till, till get on stage. So waiting that six months, was a lot of tense, you're doing it on zoom, but it's not the same and you have your ups and downs with that. But even like, you know, like my cousin asked me, asked me to be his best man yesterday so great news usually i would have panicked and i would be like oh my god i can't wait i'm gonna I'm crush so it's you know you have to put in the work to do it so a lot of reps a lot of like like the one thing that changed it for me was i was doing it for six months and i was kind of stepping my foot in the the the, the water like not really doing a big show i was nervous still not myself and my cousins called me and said listen we put you in the biggest showcase in new york good luck snl and all these producers are gonna be there like whatever you have two months they told me that I immediately threw up. I threw up like hardcore and I was like, holy shit, I can't do this. And I never made a bigger jump in anything within those two months than I did with comedy because I was so focused. And that's when I learned like for me again, like maybe some people don't work well under pressure. Maybe you need to keep tapping. For me, I want to be thrown to the deep end. And I won that that showcase. It was unbelievable. It was the best day of my life till this point. So there's still like a little bit of a struggle with comedy. Like, is it the right movies? And I'll just keep doing it. I still enjoy doing it and talking to the guys and stuff. So it, that taught me a lot of lessons because um crushed it and then you know you win these deals and you're going through new you're like you're kind of touring through new york and then you get off foot three four weeks and you get a little too comfortable and then everything kind of pops back up so it just taught me a lesson like you know stage fright is gone but you have to still keep to the stuff you can't just like forget about it because then yeah like it just kind of comes right back in so i, I yeah. i'm careful with it that I, I i'm not the person who can just you know i would just have to prepare and do the usual stuff but that was like that was the big fear of my life. And I was like that and spiders, which I'm not getting over spiders, but yeah, you know, <laughs> they fright try it for me for now. So,
0: you know, they say new level, new devil, right? Mm-mm. And so it always will always come back. It's one of the biggest things I hear from clients. So, Alice and I've been dealing with this, this fear, this limiting belief, this fill in the blank for my whole life. Like, why isn't it gone by now? Why isn't it resolved? Why isn't it shifted? Why isn't it released? And I do believe that a lot of our core wounds because I would I would believe this fear actually comes from a wound that you you've overcome. And I would say maybe at some point, if you haven't yet a good and maybe you've got a, a a good energy healer will help you out if there's anything remaining in, in this in a, a wound that might be contributing to.
1: Oh, it definitely is. It definitely yeah. is. Because when I blew it, when I blew it on one of these shows and it was like. I was out partying the weekend. It was a Monday. I was like, I could just go do 10 minutes on stage. Who cares? It's easy. And it was so weird because the stage was just super hot. It was August. So it was. It just like reminded me of the the first time I kind of debilitated in high school. Everything came back. So I know we're saying remove the illusions and stuff, but in this case, with, with your fears, I think you do have to have like, there's your fear and then you have to have a courage and preparation level that's higher than that at that moment. If it does get out of whack, Unless we could heal it with the energy, which I have not done, to be honest with you, which it would be nice just to completely forget about it. But it's kind of I'm looking like I'm winning the battle anyway. So,
0: yeah, no, I mean, you're 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 doing the right thing. Like I heard someone say once in business, never, never delegate your blind spots. So like in my business, I'm afraid to do this. So I'm just going to hire someone else to do that. And that if, if there's an actual fear there in your business, that is definitely got your name on it. Like that's the thing that you should do the most. So for me, I think it's a a bit of a combination of both. I do believe all of our fit our fears, all of our painful emotions do come from energy wounds and blocks that came from current lifetime trauma, past lifetime trauma, ancestral trauma, fear coming from the collective. And but I think that beyond, it's not just about energy healing. So for me, it's a combination of both. Yes, clear your energy, and yes. Confront the fears and there's no better way to confront a fear in your example than actually like being afraid of getting on stage than getting on stage. I mean, that's just it. And it is a journey and it doesn't, it's not a one and done. It's not you wake up and it's all over. It's a journey. And I think you're, you really exemplify that really well. The other thing I wanted to mention here is like, okay, you've been called into comedy. We know that, you know, getting back to your authenticity, we know that you want connection. You want to, you know, be connecting with people. You like to be on stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you like the freedom, predictability or, you know, tell me if I'm getting these words wrong. Yeah. No, you nail it. Okay. Okay. So then you were like, all right, I'm going down this comedy path and I'm not sure where it's going to lead yet, but I'm going to keep taking steps. And when things start to feel not quite right, not quite aligned, not in line with my desires and values, I'm going to turn right or left. Right. Sure.
1: Sure or even add something different so it's, it i or just, add
0: or subtract it, yeah yeah stay with me I, the question is coming Then you said something very interesting you said it's this ego desire is this like i want to get up on stage because it you know feeds me or is this in service to my people the audience i'm making them laugh and i'm giving them pleasure or is it a combination of both that the the point here that i think is really valuable for our listeners is Most of the listeners of this show are soul-guided spiritual entrepreneurs. And I think we are, we're confronted with this every day in our business. Mm -hmm. We're soul-guided. We launched our business to be in service, but damn it. We want to make money. We want clients. We want to grow our list. We want to grow our audience. So I think a lot of us tuggle, you know, struggle with this This as a tug. It's a struggle and a tug. So it's a tuggle. We, you know, we struggle with like, I am doing this to be in service and I want clients and I want money, but I don't want to just do, I don't want to be just in service to you to get you as a client. So what, what are your reflections on this, this struggle that we can sometimes feel? Oh
1: i i this is all I struggle with like this is my life. It's like this and just so people know like I have a day job That's sort of I don't I don't want to go there and say how terrible it is, but it's good It's 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 lucky but the people i'm serving are billionaires So are you really how much could you help a billionaire like a pro- problem solver? for <laughs> So whatever so let's give that away but for comedy like that struggle of making sure the values line up Like it's not for me It's just so funny because I really you know You do all really your your awareness and you think you, you know, this is the right thing and then you go into it like I think it's right. Like it's closer, but it's not quite right to me. Like honestly, I really just don't. I I I could be honest and say like I don't think in five or ten years I will still be doing comedy, but I do it for the reps of being on stage because I just feel like something else will pop up. For example, last week the head of the National Speaking Society of New York came on my show. I was like, Scott, come talk in front of people, you know, in June. Come to the to the to the seminar we're gonna have, and maybe you should do that. So I'm like, oh, speaking to people, like connecting, because that's the thing. Connecting with people is there with comedy, but connecting on a deeper level is not there obviously because with that it's now listen maybe i'm saying this because i don't have the skills yet to connect with people on a deeper level with comedy because a guy like dave chappelle or these guys who can kind of give their their real feel on what life and tell you a t- go tell a joke while telling you a story about you know something really deep that's a skill i may not have that skill yet so that's why i'm, I'm still trying to figure it out but When when I think about speaking, I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool and scary. So there's that's cool, not as scary as speak. Well, it's you know, it's still your fear, but it's just something. Wow, like talking about like like doing a podcast on stage, basically, that sounds freaking awesome. That's been something that you know I've spoken about and I've thought about, and that will probably be the next step in this in this journey to be to be honest, like a spiritual style person like yourself, Alice. So yeah,
0: I love it. Come over to the spiritual team. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) No, this is brilliant. I think you're exact exemplifying how it's done because you're getting nudges. Your heart is saying your higher self is saying, try comedy. Mm Comedy is a way to connect with people. Comedy is a way to get on stage, to practice, to help overcome your fears, to get better, to learn. I mean, I, I one of my best friends did stand up comedy in New York for years, and I would always go. I would always buy the two drink minimum, obviously. And I would always laugh my butt off at his That's jokes, you know, whether they were funny or not, because, and they were funny. He was funny, but I'd heard them 25 times, but I laughed loud every time because I wanted to support him because I, I feel like what is, I don't know, Telescott, I, I would, I would really feel for those acts that would <laughs> go on stage yeah. and people weren't laughing.
1: Yeah. So the, the people who are more, yeah, I'm, I'm you. So I laugh at everybody's jokes. I'm like the, so when you go, so people understand, like when you do comedy at the low level, you're doing an open mic, which means you are doing comedy for other comedians who want you to fail. So you're not (laughs) getting, you're not getting like a good feedback loop from them. Right. Nobody wants to do good. And this was, this is the fun part of comedy for me. Like the best part, listen, doing the jokes is fun. A journey of self awareness like no other. Like I've learned more about how people look at me in comedy than anything else, because I sort of go to comedy. I had a certain view of myself. And I would say that was like an off person, a weird person, not the cool kid. And I don't know, I, it doesn't matter. But going into comedy, I was told, Scott, you're too good looking and you're the cool kid. You have to play on this. So you have to play on that douchey guy. And I was like, I didn't even realize I'd look like the douchey guy. So just like <laughs> learning that has been such a funny thing because it just showed me like you don't. The way I view myself is not even close to the way other people view it. So it kind of made me like a a little bit, you know, again, ego driven. But at the same point, it's funny because I'm like, holy shit, like people, because like, that's the the first thing you do in comedy is you have to like self deprecate. So you get on stage, you have to make a joke about yourself. I would have never thought to make fun of the way I look or something in that level because I didn't know people see me as the cool guy because all comedians are all messes. So it's just really interesting. Like that, like enough, like just, just learning that outside the skills of speaking and learning how to write, like that was enough. Like just the, the journey of, of, of your awareness has been such like a, you know, seeing what hits with people because it's not about the joke. The joke is, is, it has to be well written. It's the environment. It's how the person did before you. It's how did the waitress just drop a drink? Did the host announce you the right way? Did you are you wearing the right thing? Are you wearing a shirt with something on? Is everybody reading it? There's so many different pieces that it's just, it's just unbelievable. Like like the the, the how it works. And your jokes, like the style. Like I was trying to talk about deeper things, and it wasn't getting pops. And all of a sudden, you start making jokes about Italian families and doing like the shtick. And it all like people are dying. It's like this is crazy. It's just like a. It's really, it's really funny. But going up there every night and like if that's the only art form or any anything you have to do where you really need the audience's feedback to see how you're doing. You can't just like it's not like a painting. You just paint it and then you show it. It's you need the people. It's grueling. My best day and my worst day in the last five years have been from comedy. So
0: I so believe that, and I can imagine you know just hearing you talk. Although, gosh, this is really not. I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but. For some reason, like, yeah, like, I feel like this journey to comedy is is taking you somewhere and it's taking you somewhere special. And when you said, you know, I'm the intuitive here. And when you said, like, I want to connect people on a deeper level through my speaking, like, I see that for you. I feel that for you big time. And I, I think, like, spiritual comedy is the next thing. Like, I've, I, I, I've there's some spiritual comics out there that sort of make fun of like kind of we make fun of ourselves as being the woos. But I think there, there's something I, I think that you can like use comedy to mm-hmm. connect pe- with people really deeply. It's one of the things of one of the first things I used to say when I used to help people prepare with job interviews, it was like one of my first iterations as a coach, I would help people prepare for job interviews. And I, I said, if you can get your interviewer, interviewer laughing or even a light chuckle at the beginning of the interview, you it, it's a game changer. It's a game changer. So comedy is so, laughing is so, so, so powerful. But for some reason, you make me think of when I was, back when I was in college, many, many years ago, I was a door-to-door canvasser for a candidate for the United States Senate. And I would go, and, and I got to the point, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but uh, I hated it. Like, I hated it.
1: Would you have to go door-to-door? Door-to-door. Oh, that sounds horrible.
0: It was horrible. And this, this, I had to, no matter, Who they were. So this was a Democrat. And I I grew up in South Dakota, which is very conservative. Mm -hmm. And even if it was a raving, raving Republican saying, get off my property, they told us to ask them for money. And our line was, oh, you know, you have to understand we're college students and the campaign doesn't have any money. So even if you could give us a couple bucks for gas, this was our script. That we had to that we had to do. And it was five hours every night, you know, in the evenings from like 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. or four hours every night. And I just absolutely dreaded it every night. I was like, oh, a lot of Second Amendment rights because, you know, the whole gun issue was hot and I would get lectured. I got chased by a rabid dog. I mean, you, you name it, I, it happened. But when I look back at that, it was like what you made me think of it opening the door. I never knew who was going to be on the other side. Was it some little old lady who was a lifelong Democrat who would invite me in and serve me cookies and write me out a $25 check? Or was it some raving lunatic who had Rush Limbaugh blaring in the background? And I learned so much that summer about how to read people. And I was the number one canvasser in making money because I would connect. It was all about connection. It was all about making deep connection or by the end of the day, the rabid conservative Republican was writing me out a five dollar check it's back when personal checks were big. I got a lot of checks writing out a five dollar personal check. I'm dating myself, you know, for gas. And it worked. And you know what? I know in my heart that when I left that person, no matter how, whatever, they had a different opinion of this candidate that was somewhat positive because I connected with them.
1: And that just and sounds I, like terrifying, like you <laughs> probably were doing it, like just going up to a person on, you know, like that, that whole thing sounds terrifying to me.
0: It was awful. It was absolutely awful. But I got to the point where I got so good at it. I got so good at it. I kind of knew who would be on the other side of the door by their doorbell,
1: by the doorbell, by the, by the doorbell.
0: doorbell, the whole doorbell. If If the doorbell was broken, if you sometimes you'd push the doorbell and like it would sink in. Or sometimes it was very nicely organized and nicely presented. Sometimes you couldn't find it at all. Sometimes there wasn't one and you had to knock. And it all, like, I, 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 it really, your doorbell tells a lot about you.
1: That's another thing. Like, usually the stuff that's, like, that's really tough on you, you, it's going to have a change of yourself. Like, my first job, the job that gave me. The ulcers, right? It did so many things. So, a yes, it led me on this spiritual journey. I never would have even like I. I was the kid who couldn't sit still. I was like ADD. I just running around. My cousin gave me a book called Mindfulness in Plain English. He's like, just try to sit with your thoughts for 30 seconds. I couldn't do it on the train. And now, you know, you meditate for an hour and a half. I wish I could meditate three hours a day, but that's a whole nother thing. Like, I can't. Like, a that would have happened. And then B, my day job now is dealing with billionaires. Like, they love what we're talking about. Like, my ability just to talk with them because everybody treats a billionaire like there's some hot shit, and I'm like this is the Scott they see. It's like, this is take her to leave it, but this is the work. And that's what they like. It's like being the, all these skills of authenticity helped me become who I am today. And listen, like you don't see it until you look back and like, Oh, if I never did that, it would have been smooth sailing. I would have been like you know, on an easy path or whatever like that. You know, where, where's the growth there?
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And what I wanted to, yeah. So this, you said, you t- talked about your journey of spiritual growth and I did want to kind of dive into that a little bit deeper. So tell us like, you said some things have been happening recently with yeah. your spiritual growth. Anything that you want to share that has maybe helped you to uncover the next layer deeper to your authenticity or to oh, yeah. who
1: you are, what you want. Absolutely. So just to give everybody I would call myself experienced meditator at this point, experienced on the journey of like every day meditating, hour and a half, hour, breath work, all this stuff, you know, great. But I th- I feel like you get to a certain point in this journey where you need to take the next step almost. So for people who meditate, being able to observe your thoughts on a daily basis, you're, you're mindful. I'm mindful. It's great. One Wonderful. But you can't quite change what you're thinking yet. So it's like, I'm still not compassionate. I'm still judging. I'm still like, you see your thoughts, but you're still annoyed by the fact you're thinking them. So that's where I've been at. So it's been a struggle. And what I started to do is I felt like I was in this, there's so much stuff out there. You can go new age, you can go religion. So I started off in really focusing on Hinduism, loved it. And then I just started branching off. You do a little Zen, you do Taoism, you do, and and, you know, just all these different books. There's so many great options. But I said, I, I feel like I was going one foot, like all these paths are going to take you to where we want to be. Call it enlightenment, call it samsara, call it whatever. But I feel like I'm digging a one foot hole a hundred times. I really want to start going deeper. So the next step I felt like was just having a community. So I joined a not-for-profit called Three Jewels. They focus on Tibetan Buddhism and just having them has been, it's been nice to have, you know, sort of a person to to look after and, you know, my, my mentor or whatever, and just to help you like, Get through stuff. Cause that was the issue being a New York guy. It's like, I'm like, where's the bullshit here? Like, where's the, the cult? Where's this? And it's not like that at all. It's like a, a nice chill thing. And he's helping me, you know, break that next step. Now, with that, the, uh, now the, the thing I'll, I'll tell you about what happened and how, what I've been learning. It's been, it's been a hectic thing. So you're going through this, this process of transforming your mind. Work has been busy. My aunt had cancer last week or two weeks ago. For anybody, we are doing this in, it's April 25th. A couple of weeks ago, there was a big shooting in New York City. I was on that train. So oh my gosh! It was crazy. So oh I wasn't. I wasn't in it. Uh, the guy killed about six people. I was a couple of cards back. And it's one thing when you're reading about meditation and you're reading about the spiritual journey, and then it's another thing like when you actually experience something. And I, if you ask me, like Scott, there's a shooting a hundred feet away from you. Are you panicked? I was so dumbfounded. I'm still in Like how calm I was in that moment. Like people were looking to me because. To give everybody an idea what was happening. There was like chaos in the front. My sister's a detective for the NYPD. So she called me and said, Scott, listen, this is before they knew it was just one guy. She said, there may be multiple shooters. He has bombs because the guy was wearing a mask. He had a bag of, of fireworks that we didn't know was fireworks. So she told me to tell everybody, like, just relax because there's a real situation. It's not like there's a holdup. So I tried to start telling people, listen, you just see how chaos ensues everything. And I, and I was just so surprised how calm I stayed. Now since that day, which was like 10 days ago, 11 days ago, I've been so chill because it it was like just a little subtle perspective shift of just like, what are you stressing about? You're worrying about work. You're worrying about all these dumb fears of like just nonsense. And like the the lesson I learned is like you it's one thing to learn. Like knowledge is is learning. But when it turns to wisdom is through experience. But even something subtle like that, it just felt like just a little shift. And my meditation's been calmer. And then obviously going to, you know, they have a Dharma class. So going to a class and sitting and talking about the cosmic reality of the underlying thing of, you know, unplanting the seeds is what we, is what we say of your thoughts, of your conditioned thoughts. It's been like a really interesting time in my life. And even like, like, why am I in New York? Like for what? Cause of work? Like what if I was a couple? carts up and I was shot like it just puts everything into a different perspective not like being I'm leaving New York just like oh okay and I felt I truly feel like it's a shift and like I was sitting looking for a shift because you sit you want to read you want to read and you want to read you want to meditate you keep looking for things and I learned like that's not how I'm stunting my growth in this stuff by looking for the next I was looking for a bit of wisdom in Marcus Aurelius's meditations. I'm looking for a bit of you know knowledge in the Bhagavad Gita it's like that's not how this works it comes when you least expect it because that's how the change occurs so it's been more free-flowing and it's like some people like would I had a breakdown, like how I feel like great after, after these crazy things happen in my life, I just feel amazing. It's been very interesting the last couple, couple weeks.
0: That is super powerful. I would say it's definitely, do you feel like it was definitely not a coincidence that you were there at that time?
1: Not at all. That's, uh, that's the exact thing. Cause it was just like, everybody was so like, there's so the chaos happened so quickly. And then I was just so calm. People like, were looking at me like, what do we do here? Cause then there's a SWAT outside and I'm helping talk to the SWAT about getting the guy. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, if it wasn't that, it would have been something else. But like, I was trying to force the growth. And that's one thing with the spiritual journey. It's like, like you have to turn, I, what I was doing was taking this personal development stuff we're, we're shitting on and trying to put it into a spiritual growth form. Of, like what's the next level here? And it's not about, a level. It's just about living and being in the moment. Like I said that in the beginning of this year, I really want to focus on the quality of my consciousness. And it all fell off with, with chaos. Like when things are going good, I'm able to stay focused. But like if I if you, if I have to sit on a mountaintop and be by myself to like be mindful, like what is the point of this whole thing? Like you have to be able to stay mindful and yourself and calm in all situations. And like being able to do that in a real crazy situation made me feel, I don't know, it just gave me like a little bit of like, oh, this stuff is sort of working a little bit. Like it does calm, calm your mind. So-
0: Oh, Scott, I think you got to the heart of it. I think that is the true sign of enlightenment uh, or of going on the path of enlightenment is staying calm when the chaos is there. That's it.
1: Exactly. And then even that's like it. opening up like my heart, like I was always weird about going to a thing, like going to a community. Like I'm more of a solo guy. Like Let me figure this out on my own. I'm realizing like that's not. In this journey, you can't just go on YouTube and meditate. Like it's not, it's going to get you really good. You can get really good mindfulness, but you're not going to be able to have applied knowledge and use experience and like just opening up to people and like being a part of that. Like it's not, it just felt, it feels so right, but it's so not something I would do. So it, it's like a very paradoxical thing that I hope makes sense, but it, it it really was cool. Like just being able to be open, like chill. And like, it's not what I thought it'd be at all. And it's just very cool and very open. Like, you know, even my, like I realized my perceptions on, on like, you know, thinking everything's a cult and everything's like, where's the catch? Do they want money from me? No. Right. Right. Money. It's just a chill thing. It's pretty cool.
0: That is cool. That's super cool. So Scott, this has been an amazing conversation. I would love to know what are we've already talked about, you know, identifying your values, your desires, finding what feels good, understanding you're going to get tripped up. You're going to have, you know, as we say, dark nights of the soul where everything feels awful and you might have to retool or or tweak or or take something away or add. What are some of your other top tips, if you will, or perspectives or questions that you might encourage our listeners to ask to help them? Find a deeper part of their true authenticity.
1: The the self-awareness for me is the key. And that's, I think, the foundation of any practice you want to do. If you if you want to go and do stuff and be better at making money, you have to get, get back to your self-awareness. So how you do that is the key. And really, it's trying different things. For me, I'm a big meditator. That works for me. I'm not saying you have to go out there and meditate every day, but maybe somebody who needs more movement, you take up a martial art or you take up more of a, a power yoga class or something. Like You have to be willing to... To look like, for me, the, the biggest issue was looking like a fool and doing anything. I don't want to look like a fool. I don't want to be new in anything. But how are you going to be able to, to get good at anything if you don't want to be okay with being the fool? And that's like an archetypical image of being the fool, the jester, and becoming the wise king. So definitely want to be as flexible as possible in your mindset of trying different things. Because like people love journaling. I'm not a journaler, but a lot of people I talk to it's it's a form of storytelling of yourself. It's like a form of therapy. So you want to try different things and really have that morning ritual that grounds you for the day. For me, I've seen my morning ritual go from and from 40 minutes to 50 minutes to 60. And it's like less time in the gym and more time working on that practice. Because when you set up your mind for an hour, one hour in the morning, the second you wake up, don't go on your phone, don't do anything, whatever your, your thing wants to be. Mine is breath work into meditation, into a little mantra I do now. It's... It, I'm a different person today. I'm rocking it. If I didn't do that this morning, I would be like a little discombobulated. For me, that works. You know, you could read a nice book that enlightens you for, for 10 minutes. That's another thing I added to it, but it's from people on my show coming on. I took, I took a little piece of everybody's different thing and tried it for me, yoga doesn't quite do it for me, but I do do, I do like, it's called yin yoga. Yin yoga is when you hold poses for about five to six minutes each time. I love that post-workout. So I'll do that. I'll throw that in, you know, for 20, 25 minutes every day now too. So you have to be willing to be a fool and like try different things and do not be so critical on yourself. Like as a person who's like a perfectionist and used to being perfect, like just shut that voice up in your mind. Like it's not, not everything is the biggest deal. Some things are, and you'll be able to judge that, but like, it's probably... Get yourself, get upset like once a month at the most. Like don't, you know, not everything is is the end of the world.
0: Yeah, love that. Trying different things, having self-passion. If you miss a day, it's fine. Mm. Just do it again tomorrow. Um, I think that's the thing that trips me up as also perfectionist. Like if I can't have an hour to do it, I just won't do it at all, really. So five minutes, two minutes is better than not at all. Anything is better than not at all. So having compassion and doing what works for you for today and really experimenting. Love it, love it, love it. So my last question, and then I'm going to ask people how they can learn more about you and contact you and, and listen to your podcast. Can you leave our listeners with an invitation? And that is inviting them wherever you want them to go, inviting them to do something, be someone. Oh,
1: absolutely. I invite you. I don't invite you. I tell you. <laughs> whatever your biggest fear is, whatever that is, go look at it, examine it. Like we're doing awareness with ourselves. Do the awareness of why you're scared. Like really, why am I, why am I scared of it? Not because it feels uncomfortable. Why is it uncomfortable? Dig deep and then take a step towards getting over that because I promise you there is a lesson to be learned. That is why you have that fear. It's a very paradoxical thing. I hope it makes sense that there's a lesson to be learned that is going to change your life inside of your fear
0: brilliant invitation. And I think so important for soul guided entrepreneurs, because when we're not confronting our fears, we're staying small. And 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 in that staying small, we stay, we get a little bit invisible, we get not seen. And it's really makes it all the more challenging to grow a business. And so this is really going to help us confronting those fears. Just asking that question. I think it's a beautiful question to just ask periodically, check in. If I didn't have fear X, I would do like the thing I really, I would really love to do X, but I have fear Y just like checking in with that. And then that's your, my word for homework is Buffalo steps. My my spirit animal is a Buffalo (laughs) (laughs) because they make powerful steps and they only make a step because they're massive vegetarians. So they really have to preserve their energy. They only make a step if it's absolutely necessary. I love that. Yes. So then you, you know, your Buffalo steps when you identify that fear. Scott, this has been so amazing. Always such, such a pleasure to connect with you. I have never had anyone say douchey on the show, but I love it. It's amazing. So please, you have an amazing podcast. Tell our listeners how they can find your podcast in any other way they can connect with you.
1: Absolutely. Everybody just type in Causing the Effect. You will find it on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify. If you have any questions, just reach out to me, Causing the Effect podcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, Causing the Effect, all that stuff, just reach out to me. I, I really do this for, I, I just do this to help people. So if you have a question, something about my practice, something about another style. I've read it all, Taoism, Zen, Hinduism, focusing heavily in Tibetan Buddhism now. So So anything I can do to help you kind of balance that doing and being is what I love to do.
0: Fantastic. All of those links will be in the show notes. So thank you again, Scott. Really appreciate it.
1: Oh, thank you, Allison.
0: And as always, dear listener, thank you so much for tuning in. I am so grateful for you each and every week. And. As always, until next time, may your soul guide the way. Are you ready to fill your business with soul clients in the next 60 days? Then download my free energy upgrade meditation to amp up your energy frequency, dissolve the doubt, and attract the soul clients you are destined to serve. Find the link to download on my website, com, as well as in the show notes.